tonight's topic, which will be the topic of specifically purchasing from a Jew, Jewish-owned businesses. The truth is this topic is something that applies throughout the year and throughout our lives. However, with Pesach shopping around the corner for many people, this could be uh, at, at, at the front of many decisions people make, which products to buy, which stores to shop from. Of course, there's kosher's ramifications, and I've given shirim in other contexts regarding kosher's and when we need to purchase things that have a hashkacha for Pesach, a special run, typically under a Haimisha brand. When can a person simply go to the store, the regular non-Jewish supermarket, and save their money and not spend extra on kosher for Pesach items? So let's learn the sugya of specifically purchasing from a yid. And we'll see over the next year or two how this uh, plays a role and what considerations a person would think about when deciding where to go shopping for Pesach. And this applies not just, you know, buying food. It, we'll see next week, it applies to how, how we hire people. Should we specifically hire the yid? Do, can we hire a guy for the same job, doing business, selling homes, and many other examples that we will touch upon? And the question is, is there a chiv? Is there a chiv of specifically purchasing from a Yisrael, or is it maybe just a nice thing to do, but not obligatory? Now, there are different points of entry into the sugya. One of them I just mentioned would be Pesach shopping. Do I have to buy... Heimische brand honey, or can I simply buy a, uh, now many non-Heimische brands also have a, a Pesach Hashkacha. That would be something to, to discuss. Do I have to go to my local kosher supermarket, or can I go to a national chain? I'm going to save money on the various food items. Over 100 years ago, there was a discussion regarding the Esregim. So the original Yanava Esregim, we have Yanava Esregim today, but the Yanava Esregim today are owned by, the Pardesim are owned by Jews, to my, uh, to my knowledge. Back then they weren't. They were owned by Nachrim. And you had the other option was to purchase Esroigim that were coming from Eretz Yisrael, but they weren't as mahudr as the Yanava Esroigim. And the question then was, what's better to buy from a Yid? We'll buy the Esroigim from Eretz Yisrael, but we'll lose out on the Hidr Mitzvah of having a, a Esroig Mehudaris by not using the Yanava Esroigim. And more recently in contemporary times, and this is what I'll discuss for a minute, and regarding Shemitah. So just last year was Shemitah and Eretz Yisrael. Just a little background to Shemitah. If a person would go to Eretz Yisrael even now, there's fruit on the market that theoretically could have been grown during Shemitah. So how exactly are people eating and selling uh, fruits and vegetables as if there's no difference between this year and another year? There might be more words on the label, but for the most part, your supermarkets were stocked the same way they were before Shemitah, after Shemitah and during Shemitah, it's all the same. So what's going on here? So there are many different ways a fruit would be or a vegetable would be allowed to be eaten during the Shemitah year. The most obvious one would be if it's shishis. Let's say you had a, uh, a apple that was grown, and again halacha dictates when exactly we the cutoff year, but it was grown during the sixth year. It's not Shemitah. It's not seventh year produce. So of course that would be mutter. Another example would be let's say you have grapes that come in from Peru. So Peru is chutzlar. It's not considered Israel. There's no kedushas Shemitah in Peru. The same way in America we eat grapes from Peru. We don't care what year it is. So too 
In Eretz Yisrael, they could have grapes from Peru. That would be Chutz Laaretz. Additionally, many, again, this is Machlekes Nachrena, most places can hold a Yulon Nachri, things that are owned by a, by a Nachri, non-Jewish-owned produce, meaning not produce, non-Jewish-owned farms that were grown in non-Jewish uh, land, on non-Jewish land, so that non-Jewish-owned land, so that would be considered uh, that there's no Kedushas Shviyas on that product, and a person would just purchase from their local neighbor, the Arab neighbor who's not Jewish, they could buy from him. A little more controversial hetter would be the hetter mechira. This is actually a great controversy over the past 100, 120 years. There's a lot of literature on this, who the different sides were, who was Mekel originally, and who was Machmir. That's a whole discussion on its own. But in short, the Rabbanut, together with the 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 Israel, I believe it's called the, um, the land, I forgot what it's called, the, whoever's in charge of the of the uh, agriculture, the Department of Agriculture, they, they arranged that there's an actual heter, there's a mechira, that the land is sold to non-Jews, and therefore there's no kedushas shvius on that product, going with the heter of land that was owned by Anachri. Another heter is the heter of Eitzer Bezdin, where basically the farmers go from being owners to now being employees of Bezdin, and as Shluche Bezdin, they're allowed to work. They can only get reimbursed for the work that they do. They're not allowed to get paid for the produce. This is problematic because if the if it's a bad yield of crop one year, if the farmers would get paid the same, so they wouldn't work harder, it ends up being not so smooth implementing the Oitzer Bezdin Heter. But basically, the Heter of Oitzer Bezdin would mean that the fruit has Kedusha Shviyas, Halachas, you're not allowed to sell the fruit, but Bezin could arrange that people have fruit in all the different neighborhoods. So Bezin sends, theoretically sends the farmer and the truck driver and the store owner and the person that stocks the shelves. They are all working to bring the fruit to all the local communities. And when you pay a dollar for that peach, for that apple, you're not paying for the fruit. You're paying for all the work that was done to bring the fruit to your to, to the grocery store shelf. And if you ask, isn't this a farce? The truth is it's not because if you wanted, you could go to the orchard, go to the farm yourself and take it. It's hefker. And luckily they're not allowed to stop you. Even the shluchi bezin cannot stop you. So by the fact that you're paying for it, you're obviously simply paying for the service. They packaged it. They picked the good ones. They brought it to my local uh, makolet. And that's why I'm, I'm paying for it. So that's the heter of Oitzir Bezdin. There's another heter, which is what we they call matzah utak, which means it's detached uh, bedding. It's halachli uh, not being grown in the ground, hydroponic, greenhouse, hothouse, all those different types of, of, uh, of farming mechanisms. Some of them are halachically acceptable, some are not. That's a whole discussion on its own, which which vehicles can be used, so to say, to uh, to be called not uh, aretz, not coming from the land. And these are the different ways that people consume produce on Shemitah, or right after Shemitah in Eretz Yisrael, or even when, when product is being brought out. Now, if you would categorize these two these uh, these heterim, you would have two different categories. Some of them would, would be in category one where you are supporting the local Jewish farmers. You're buying fruit from Shishas. You're buying hetemechira, oitzer bezdin, matzah And then you had the other category where you're probably being much more machmir and halacha. You're buying grapes from Peru. You're buying apples from uh, America. I don't know where you're buying it from, but you're not buying 
product from Eretz Yisrael, so you're being machmir on Hilchus Shviyas. You don't want to rely on Eretz Bezdin, Hetemachira, Matzam Lutak, but you're not supporting the local Jewish farmers, the state, Eretz Yisrael, the Yidden. So which one is better? So this, is, this was a big debate over the years, and this fuels a lot of tension between those that would want to purchase either Eretz Bezdin instead of bringing in products outside. And in the Mizrahi world, they try to push, not everyone, but, but many of them will push the Hatimahira because this way we will save uh, the farmers' parnasa instead of supporting our neighbors in the Middle East. We don't want to support them necessarily. Let's support the local Yiddish farmers. So if you break it down, depending on how much of a chumrah you think uh, these these things are, or how much a kula it is to rely on Eitzbezin or Hatemachir, you could see why this would again be the same question of how strong is this din, is this chiyuv of only purchasing from uh, Yid. So we're going to split the shirim into two different shirim. Shir number one, which will be this week, is learning the Ma'ar Makaymas in the Gemaras and the Rishonim. And next week in Mirza Hashem, we will discuss halachalamaisa in practical situations. So where does this all begin? So this begins in Parshas Bahar. The Pasuk says, this is based on Rashi quoting the, the Madrash. So the Pasuk says in Perik Chafhei, Pasuk Yedalit, V'chisim karu mimchala misecha, when you sell something to your friend, you purchase something from your friend, al toinu ishtas achiv, one should not toinu, which the Gemara tells us means the iser aina. Rashi brings down Zuayna Asmamun. This is overcharging, and that's a whole topic on its own. Now, the beginning of the Pasuk says, when you make a sale, one should not overcharge. So Rashi says, first shot, Kimashmai, Va'oid, Yesh Drasha, there's a Drasha, and he's just quoting the Taras Kahanan. It's quoted in a different Medrash as well. We'll see next week. Binayin, how do I know? Kisha Atamaycher, when you come to sell something, Mukhali Yisrael Chavirecha, sell it to your Yiddish friend, Tamalaymer Vechisimchru Mimchar. Sell it to your friend. Give him kedima. You're going to purchase something. You have to buy a new uh, new phone, a new, a new uh, piece of furniture. You should specifically purchase from your fellow Jew. How do I know that? When you buy it, it should be It should be from your friend. So you see clearly there's a source in Madrash that when I when I had the option of purchasing from either a Yid or from a guy, I should give precedence to the Yid. That's Rashi in Parshas Bahar. Now the truth is, there is no explicit Gemara that says this. It's simply Rashi quoting a Medrash. And we have a question in general. When you have a Medrash that says something, seemingly as a mitzvah, as a chiv, but it's not explicitly found in Talmud Bavli or Talmud Yushalmi or in the Tesefta, how do we pass them? Do we always take the the medrash at face value? So the Rambam in his Chuva Pe'er Hadar, he wrote to the Chachmei Lunil and he says that we need to have either uh, explicit Bavli, Tesefta, and seemingly Rishami as well, but not simply from a medrash. If we have a medrash, then we don't necessarily pass them like that. However, the Kesav Mishnah in Hilchasadarim says no, that as long as we don't have an explicit Bavli Yushami or Tesefta going against the Medrash, we can assume this is also part of Teresh Now, 
what you will see the Rishonim and Achronim do in these situations is they will attempt to find the Gemara that also has this Limud and not simply say it's just a Medrash and there's no Gemara at all. And that's what we'll do tonight, trying to find a, a Makar in Babli for this for this uh, Halacha. The Paiskim, they bring down that, so just to go backwards, the Paiskim bring this down as accepted. Now we have to see, is it accepted as Halacha, a Minog, a din, is it uh, you know, a nice thing to do on Haga Taiva? There is this concept that we all know about. When someone says, Yeah, you should purchase from a Yid, it's something that we understand as Yid, and that of course we care about our brothers, but we're going to try to find an actual Makar. So the person can bring you down three possible Gemaras in, in Babli, and we'll see it one, one at a time. The first one is a Gemara in Avadazara. The Gemara in Avadazara, Davchaf, is discussing a din called based on the Pasuk of Leisichanim. That you're not allowed to gift items to a to a yid, and there are different different uh, halachas learned out from it. Like you can't uh, can't say kamana avedis kachadim, so you're not allowed to say how beautiful this this uh, this is. There are many different halachas that we that we learn out from leisichanim. Now, the Gemara there asks. There's a, it seems like there's machlekes Rabbi Yehuda and how to understand leisichanim, and there the Gemara brings down the pasuk. The pasuk says. Don't eat nevela. So what do you do with this nevela? So the animal died. You cannot eat it. So like Gerah you should give it to the Gerah. talking about a Gerah Toishav who keeps Zion mitzvahs benoyach and he lives in Eretz Yisrael. So give it to him. He's, he doesn't have to keep kosher. Give it to him. He can eat it. Or you could sell it to a Nachri. And the question is, why does the Pasuk not say, give it to the Nachri? So... In the sugya of Loisichonim, the obvious answer would be you're not allowed to gift items to a Nachri because that's the Isra of Loisichonim. So the Gemara brings down a Machlekes, Rabbi Yehuda, and Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Yehuda says that the reason why the Torah told me that Lagera Sheba Shrecha is telling me something else. It's telling me that, that, uh, it's, it's, sorry, it's telling me this din that we have a riot from here. That that uh, we have a riot from here. That you're not allowed to give a gift to a nachri. Rabbi Meir says no. Rabbi Meir says that the that it's coming to teach me that we have a din of kedima that maybe perhaps one is allowed to give. The the novella to the nachri bechinam. So why did the pasuk say like Gerashab or Shirechatit Nana Oy Machal Nachri? So the so Rameir says Ahulak Dumei Nesina Deger LeMechira LeAvik Vechavim, meaning meaning that even if I'm saying it a little wrong, even if you hold independent of this machloikes of Loisichanim, there's a different din here. That the pasuk is telling me that 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 if I have a choice of gifting it to the nachri, I'm sorry, of gifting it to the ger, or selling it to a nachri, I'd rather I'd rather give it to the ger for free than to sell it to the nachri. That's the sheet of our mayor, and Rabbi Huda says no. That's even the ger since. Anyways, I need to be Mechaya the Ger because the Ger has a din, not, it doesn't have a din of a Yid, but has a din of 
of we have to take care of him. So I don't need a pasuk to tell me that we need to have that we need to give precedence to the ger. So what is the pasuk telling me? The Torah must be telling me that that uh, there's an iser of giving nevela to a guy. So let me wrap it up and correct the mistake that I made before. There's a question of Lysichanim. That Lysichanim tells me I'm not to do something, give chain to an achri. There's a question if giving a gift to an achri is included in this. So, Lachar, we have a pasuk. The pasuk says, that you're only allowed to sell it to the nachri and not give him as a gift. In fact, that's the sheet of Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda holds you not allowed to give a gift to a nachri. It's an iser of leisichanim. Rameir holds you are allowed to give a gift of nevela to a nachri. So the question of Rameir is: So why does the pasuk say uh, sound like you give you give a gift to a ger but not to a nachri? If Rameir holds you could give a gift to a nachri, so Rameir says that it's telling me a different din. It's telling me that I could that I give precedence. I'd rather give a gift to a ger, a ger toishav, than selling it to an akum. But I'm allowed to give it to the akum as well. There would be no iser of loisichanim by giving a gift to an akum. Rabbi Huda says no. Of course it's true that you have to give the ger kedima. But that's not based on this pasuk. That's so obvious. It's so obvious why. Because Kevin the ger atam so you have to keep the ger alive, which by the way is, is, is giving us a hint to halacha l'maisa. We're going to see Ritz Hashem next week based on this Rabbi Huda's line, this sentence that he says of mitzvah l'achiyosay. I don't need a pasuk for it. But it sounds like either way, being Rabbi Huda, being the Rameir, one would have to give this gift of nevela to the ger toishav over the opportunity of selling it to an Ahri. So we see clearly, just like the Taurus Kahanan that Rashi quoted, that if I have a choice of what to do, I have to give the Kedima to Yisrael. And here it seems like even if there's a financial loss, there's financial consideration of why I'd rather sell it to an Ahri, I have to give the gift to the Ger Toishav. Now, Toishav is bothered by this. Toysus five lines from the bottom says, Vim Toymar, Vichim Yesh Loyla Adam Chafet Simchar, what do you mean? If I have things for sale, I have to give it to a ger for get to, uh, for free to ger toishev. Even for yid, I have a soda machine. I want to sell soda to the goyim. A yid comes and wants it for free. I have to I have to give the soda to the yid for free. What type of baloney is this? So what's the gemara mean? So he says a very interesting shot. He says v'yesh leimar. The dafkan avela sheini shava el adavar muli yisrael. Avela is not worth anything to me. What am I supposed to do with it? I can't eat it. And we live in Eretz Yisrael. There's no market for goyim. That's you have to understand Tosfos. And the uh, lager for him for the gertosh to give him this this meal, he would have had to go buy meat from the glat kosher store, which is the only store is available. So I'm saving him a significant amount of money. Now Tosfos is mashma that there's two parts to this equation here. That typically in most situations when there's a loss, a financial loss, so then you don't have to give precedence to the yid. However, in this case, since it's such a dover muet, how much I really could sell an avela for anyways? How much could I sell it for? Five dollars? Nobody wants to buy an avela here. There's no there's no market for an avela, and the ger toishev is getting such a good gift. It's so meaningful for him. He's saving so much money by not having to go to the Glock kosher store. In that case, we say that 
we give precedence to the Gertayshiv, and we could assume we could extrapolate that to our halachas of giving a Yisrael Kedima over an Achri. It seems like you need both that the Yisrael, that, that, that it's that for the owner, for the seller, he's not losing too much. It's a small, it's an insignificant amount. And for the purchaser, for him, it's a big amount. It's a huge uh, value add that, that he gets by getting the business. An example would be let's say you're, uh, you're in the real estate world and you're shopping, you have two different lenders. Let's assume there's no Isaribis or anything like that, two different uh, companies. And you get quotes from both of them. One's a Yiddish guy, one's a uh, non Jew. And the quotes are very similar. There's a small difference in uh, in price and percentage points, whatever whatever the situation is. And you know that for you, it's not a big deal. It's a few dollars here, maybe a few dollars a month. And there is some loss, but it's very it's it's, it's insignificant. But for the year to get the business, it's a huge gain for him. He's going to make a point on the whole on the whole uh, deal. So. For, for you to give it to him, that, that that's significant. Then perhaps that would be exactly what Tosfos is talking about. In that case, one would be chayiv. Now, other Rishonim point out that the Iker part of Tosfos is, is the first line that since it's only a small loss for the Yisrael, he has to do it. We don't care for the fact that the Ger Tosfos is gaining so much. We don't need that. Even if it's a small gain for him, since it's only a small loss for for the owner, he would be he would have to give Kedima. To the Gertoshiv in this case, and in our case, to give Kedima to to a Yid over a Nachri. Okay, so Lahara we have source number one from Avadizara Dafhaf, which tells us that when you have a, a, a novella, you give Kedima to the Ger, to the Ger Taishav, even if you could could have sold it to a Nachri. Taishas points out it's limited to a case where there's only a small financial loss for the Israel. Who has this novella and the Gertoshiv is gaining a lot. The question is, do we need both? Or do simply say once it's just a small loss, one would be high if to do it. That is source or potential source number one. Seems like a very strong raya. Again, the Tosh is limiting it to a, a small insignificant loss. There's another Gemara. The Gemara is in Kufya Dalid in Babakama. That Sugya is talking about putting people in Kherim and there it talks about a yid harming another yid. So the Gemara brings another case. I'm going to Ashi. Kuf Yadal Amalaf. Hai bar Yisrael de Zobun le'ar le'ev g'chavim. A mitzvah de bar Yisrael chavre. So you have a yid who sold a a land that was owned by a non-Jew. I'm sorry. He, he sold land to a non-Jew that was a mitzvah. It was on the border of a Yisrael. This is like the din of the bar mitzvah. Now, there's no din of bar mitzvah by an achri. Halacha is Misham we put him in Kherim. The Yid who sold his property to a guy neck, right next to a Yid instead of selling it to a Yid. So we put him in Kherim. So the Mars is my time. Rather, the reason why is because the owner of the adjacent property, he could tell the seller who just sold that property next door to a Nachri. You put a lion right next to me, a mitzray on my border. And because of this, they're allowed to put him in a Now, what does this mean? So look at the Rambam and Shachnar, which we'll see in a minute. It's not a, a, a racist thing. It's simply saying that since a, a Yidin with other Yidin have halachas of shechenim, the halachas of neighbors, 
what they could do on the other side of the fence. And if you sold to another Yid, I could live the way Dina Yisrael. But now you sold it to a Nachri, I'm stuck. He's not coming to a Bezdin. And to go to court, the courts don't rule in those days on Hezek of Shechinim. So you put this guy next to me and I'm never going to be able to defend myself if he harms me in the, in the realm of Hezek Shechinim. Taisvis over here says that that Amar Rabbeinu Tam that's only this whole case where you put the fellow in Cherem, this Isser, this Barmetra business, that's only when the Yisrael want, would have given the same amount that the Akram was offering to pay for this land. Meaning he sold it to a Nachri instead of selling it to another year. That's only when he had another offer from a year. If the Akam would have given him more, the Yid could have said, hey, you want to tell me that there were two offers on the table, same price, same purchase price, and I took the guy instead of the Yid. Okay, that makes sense. Put me in here. I just messed up your property, your rights, and you're not going to have a good taina in Bezdin or in court on Hezek Shechinim. So you're right. I messed you over. But if you had the, but but if but if the Nachri was paying me more, why do I have to suffer a loss? The purchase price for the yid was only seven hundred, and the Nachri was offering me eight hundred on the house, so I'm allowed to sell it to the Nachri. That's the sheet of Rabbeinu Tam. Now it seems to, if you learn from just from this Rabbeinu Tam, that this is this whole discussion of Yisrael over a Nachri. That's only when it's the same price. Rabbeinu Tam says if it's a different purchase price, so then the, the, the yid doesn't have to lose out. See, it seems from this. Rabbi Natam, you don't have to lose that in this case because that would be considered a hafsid. Okay, now just look in Shochan Aruch Hashem Kufayin Hey, in Sif Mem, the Shochan Aruch says Amorichel Akum Vesorichelai Misham Tenoisoi that they put him in Cherem, unless he says that I'm going to unless they make an agreement with the purchaser. I just wanted to bring the, bring out this point that I'm going to Yinayk Ha'Akum and Ben Hametzer Shaloi Bedini Yisrael. He's going to act with him in Dini Yisrael, right? All, all the things of, of uh, Hezek Shechenim. If that's part of the agreement, so then the Yid has no taina. That would be just a simple racism. But uh, if, if they're going to act in my, my Dini Yisrael, so then I'm not going to lose out. How, how could I tell you that that person they cannot sell to a to a Nachri? Now, now, this whole discussion of putting someone in Cherem, that's only Kishayacho, this is in Mem Aleph, the same purchase price. It doesn't have to take a loss by selling it to Yisrael. So, you see from here, the Shohar is passing like this. If it's the same price, it doesn't say, hey, wait, wait, you're supposed to sell it to Yisrael over a guy. We had right? What happened to that? It seems like, and it's a stira, that when it comes to purchasing property, that whole thing is out the window. It seems like it's against the Tesefta, the uh, the Taurus Kahanim that Rashi brought in Parshas Bahar. Okay? So this one falls short, Lechaira, of being a source. In fact, it seems to be Araya the other way. Before we get to the third Gemara, there's a there's a piece of history that I want to mention, and this is the background to the Ramah. The Ramah, in Shaz and Shuvah's Ramah, in Simen Yud, he wrote a Chuva two or four, the Mara Marami Pano, and this is an epic tshuva on its own. 
has uh, many different Yisoyedes and Halacha regarding Hasagas Gvul, copyright, Kavah Tamid HaChamim, and it's a fascinating tshuva. A person has time to go through the entire tshuva. Now, the background story was the Maram Mipano, he printed the Rambam with corrections, and I'm sorry, not the, the, the Ramami Pano. I don't know why I'm saying Maram. The, the Ramami Pano, he printed the Rambam with corrections, and there he 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 was the he paid for 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 significant uh, printing, and it seems like now. By the way, the Jews back in the day they were the ones that supported all the print shops. Today as well, all the flyers and and Svarim uh, Hashem Yidden are still keeping the print shops in business. It seems like there were two competing non-Jewish owned print shops and the one who did not get the business was jealous. He was upset that he wanted the Ramami Pano's business and he didn't get it. And uh, he decided to take matters into his own hands. He was going to print his own Rambam, again, reprinting what was written beforehand. And he was going to undercut the market. So the Ramami Pano was obviously not so happy. And the Rama wrote a tshuva and had four different reasons why people should not purchase from the guy and they should only purchase the Ramami Pano's Rambam. So, number one, there's an issue of Hasagas Gvul here. Now, it's not the technical Hasagas Gvul that we'll learn, you know, competition and, and, you know, when it's improper to open, you know, the, with the classic examples, opening a pizza store next to the other pizza store. Here, this Hasagas Gvul is specifically to put the other guy out of business. It's, it's a much different level of a saga school. And therefore, we as consumers, usually consumers are not are not part of a saga school issue. They have a right to purchase from wherever they want. It's the owners that have the issue of a saga school. In this case, you should not support a business that's literally attacking and destroying someone else's business. That's reason number one. Again, I'm not going in order of the chuva, but that's reason number one. Reason number two, he said that the Ramami Pano corrected so, so, so many mistakes and now you're going to go back with the uh, Rambam that's Muga. There's mistakes in the in that original Rambam, the way it was written from the from the copied from the manuscript, and don't do it. It's not it's not a good quality. The third thing he says is based on a Gemara Baba Basra. This is the Gemara is quoted in in Yeridea Simen Reishmem Gimon Hilchos Kibur Rabbi the Tamidei Chachamim. The the Torah says that a Tamid Chacham Sheish Tzchare Limchar. A Tamar Chacham that has Shaira to sell, no one else is allowed to sell from that type of Shaira. He has to sell out first. The Gemara of Abbasra, that Chapez, brings down that there was a ship that came came to port, and the Reish Lusa told Rava, go see if the owner is a, if the operator is a Tzor if he's a Tamar Chacham. If he is, then we close down the market. Market shut down until he sells out. It's a it's a cover to tummy the chum. They don't have to schlep and work as hard as other people to make a living. Let them sell out right away and you know close the store and go back to the base medrash. And then it will allow other people to sell. Now, just by the way, in halacha, the reason why it's typically not noyig bezman is that even though again there's a there's a mitzvah of using a tamar chacham for business, but the reason why they don't shut down the market is because there's going anyways that are selling. So you're gonna tell all the Jews cannot sell towels because Tamachacham owns owns a towel store, but they then are going to go to the guy anyways, which is against what actually we're learning right now. But they can go to the guy anyways because they're selling, and it's cheaper. That's the minimum to go to the cheaper company. So 
you're not going to help any, anyone. The Tamachal comes in, they're not going to sell out anyways. So therefore, we, we have no control. So we allow people to stay open. But there is still an Indian, a beginning of supporting a Tamachal who's in business. Now, this is another reason. This is the third reason, so to say, of the Ramah, that we should support the Tamachal the Ramah Mipano, Rav Menachem Azar Mipano, we should, we should support him and we should, we should, uh, allow him to sell his Rambams and nobody should be purchasing from the Nahri. And of course, the fourth reason, this is why we're bringing it up in our sugya, is that you should support the Yid. Don't purchase from a guy. Forget about the Tamachacham aspect, the Muga and the Sagas will, but there's a different din of supporting the Yid over giving business to a guy. And the Achronim debate how to understand the Ramah. How much of a difference was the price between the Rambam, the, the Ramami Pano's Rambam, and the Goyish Printer's Rambam. But the Ramah brings down a riot from Bav Metziah of Ayanath, which gives gives a hint to that he might have been uh, Machmir, so to say, that even in a Hefsa Maruba, one still has to support the Yid. So let's read the Gemara. The Gemara is in, in Ezeneshech, in the Perak in Bav Metziah that deals with, deals with Ribbis. So there, the Gemara says the following. <clears throat> the Gemara says, "In kesef talves ami esa ani imach." So, if you're going to lend out money to my ami, so ami v'nachri. If you have a poor person in a nachri, ami kaidin. So, of course, a yid comes first when it comes to a hava. Ani v'ashir ani kaidin. Now, by the way, that itself is a riot that that uh, yid didn't come first, but that's not what we're getting at. There, the Gemara, the Gemara continues. Similar to the halachas of tzedakah. Of course, well, what type of chiddush is that? He's supposed to give to a nachri before before a yid. Even if the nachri is going to pay you ribis, the guy who wants to borrow money, he's going to pay you 9% uh, interest. And the Yisrael, if he wants an interest-free loan, still, the Yid comes first. Now, it seems like you have a significant difference in price. The Nachri was going to give you 9%. I mean, I made up a number here, but let's assume today's interest rates. So he's going to give you 9%. So it seems like you have, you have to support. You have to give the interest-free loan to the Yisrael over lending to a Nachri and charging him and charging him remiss. So... And it's the Ramaz Raya to his din, one of the many Raya's he brings. And therefore, we should support the Raman Pano because you see, you, you should take a loss in order to support the Yid. And the Chavetz Chaim on this halacha, this is in Ahavaz Chesed in Parakeh, talking about loans. So he brings up the Shah Mishkot asks that why is this true? Why do we say this din of we should, we should support? The Yisrael give him a free loan and take a loss on on a, take a loss on our opportunity to lend with interest. Doesn't this fly in the face of the Yisoid we have? Now this Yisoid is found in the Gemara. In the, Gemara. the Gemara quotes a Pasuk in Parashas A. Perak Tezva Pasuk Dala. The Pasuk says Fs that you don't want to be poor. And the Gemara Dashans is the Gemara Sanhedrin and Bab Matsya, the Flamagimel, and the Sugyas of Aveda. 
Efes kiloyia b'cha avyoin shalcha kaidem l'shalcha adam. Your things come first before other people. And the Pnei Yeshua brings this out as well. And, he, and the halacha is, the Mishnah in Bab Metziah says, if you have a choice, you're looking for your own Metziah and your friend's Metziah, Misha'avd le'aveda, right? The Shachnar quotes from the Gemara, and you found yours and your friends. It depends what you have time for. But other, we typically we say, your money comes first. And that's the halacha. The Smart points out doesn't necessarily have to be that you lost something. Let's say a person is at work or he's on a job, so, so to say, and he, he's getting paid by the hour and he has to go return something. He's going to lose more money than this is worth. The halacha is that he doesn't, he doesn't go out and, uh, and, and do these things. Because halacha is shaloi kaidim, his thing comes first. So the kasha is that if his things come first, when it comes to aveda, when it comes to these things, so why would I would a person have to take a loss on a haircut? Sorry, take a take a take a haircut on it on a on his real estate deal. Take a loss on a sale when he himself in other areas of halacha does not need to take this loss. Now, I just want to point out that the Shekhanarach does say that if someone is always going to take in this cheshvan, this is a aside for life, and he's always going to say, one second, that uh, that my things come first, right? If you're always going to do that, meaning if you have a once-in-a-while situation, no problem. But this person will throw away the yoke of being a Baal He's going to end up with all the clawless of someone who doesn't care about Yidin. So don't do this as a lifestyle to say, Maybe that's shot in this whole discussion, that things that take place over the entirety of a person's life, selling things, buying things, lending things, if every single time you're going to say, oh, my, my dollar comes before his dollar, so then maybe that's shot. In, in the sugya. Now the Pnei has a different different shot, meaning, let's bring out the Kasha again. Kasha is, so how come over here by Halva, or even by the case of of, 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 of Nevela, we see they have to take a loss in order to in order to support the Yid. How come we see by Aveda that you don't take a loss? So what, what's Pshat? So the Pnei Yeshua in Bavman Siyadaf Ayin Aleph so he says that Shani Hasem, that the Iker mitzvah by these mitzvahs of Aveda or the like, the mitzvah is Misham Hefsin Your responsibility, the Torah is telling you, you should worry about your friend's loss. The Chai Gavna, I mean, the Makam say that the day shall like hide the When it comes to loss, being concerned for people's financial loss, my loss comes first. Shalchak Haidim. It comes first. Over here, in our din of lending money to a Yisrael on an interest-free loan, to keep him alive, it's an extension of the mitzvah tzedakah. Then, of course, we don't say shaloi kaidim because every tzedakah shaloi, you could say shaloi kaidim. How could I? How could I ever have to give a meiser ksafim or give money to tzedakah? What do you mean? I'm losing money. Shaloi kaidim. It doesn't work like that because the mitzvah tzedakah tells me you have to give money. You have to take a loss. So that's why the Pnei Yeshua says uh, that there's no issue of of uh, of taking a loss in this case. And the Chavis Chaim says that would answer the Shamish but's question of why this is different than. Then uh, Aveda, the, the Chavetz Chaim adds 
Then anyways, you have a special pasuk by Hava, in case of Talvez Ami, there's a special mitzvah of lending money to Yisrael on an interest-free loan. So, where, where does this leave us? So we have, we're going to call it, three shitas. We have three shitas in the Paiskin. Number one, we have the Toysus and Avodah There, he said that to give Nevela as a gift to a Gertaisha, that's only obligatory because there it's it's such a insignificant loss to the Israel. He also pointed out that the Gertaisha is gaining a lot. That's debatable if you need that second step as well. But that's shita number one, a small loss. Rabbeinu Tam, in the, in the sugya with Bar Metzor, I'm putting someone in Cherim, he says that only if it's an equal price. Now, I will point out, Chavetz Chaim and other Achreinim say that that Gemara is not giving me the Kitzah Shulchan Aruch on selling houses. That Gemara is simply saying when we put someone in Cherim, that we only put someone in Cherim when they sold it and they had the same offer on the table from a Yid and a guy. But who's to say that there is no Chiv, or at least Din, uh, not Din, but at least there's a Hanhaga Toiva, that you should sell to this role even if there's a small loss. So that's just a, a Ha'ara on that Gemara, on that, to assume that Rabbeinu Tam is going halacha on our topic of giving precedence and preferential status to Yisrael. He's only talking about Cherem. Even the Shachar was quoting it. He's saying that there's no Cherem in, in, in the case where where the Yisrael was uh, was offering less than the Nachri. And finally, we have this Ramah, who's Mako by a Hafsid. We're not sure if it's a Hafsid Meruba or a Hafsid Muat. We'll discuss more in detail next week. But that that's the third Shita, which we're going to call the Ramah Shita. Now, Halach Lamaisa, without getting into practical cases... Everyone agrees that if it's an equal, it's an equal price. You have a Yisrael and an Achri. All else, is, all else is equal. It's Pshita. The Gemara says Pshita a few times that Yisrael kaidim by Hefsed Muet. That's a Machlekes Purishayim. Does Rabbeinu Tam hold that that applies across the board that one never has to suffer Hefsed Muet by Hefsed Muruba? So it's only a Yesh Misha Omer that the Rama was Machmir even by a Hefsed Muruba, which he didn't. Explain and 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 define what Hafsim Ruba is. One would have to be Machmir in that case. Just one idea, you know, before we conclude. So the Chavetz Chaim, I, I didn't see it inside, but I believe it's quoted in the Chavetz Chaim in that Sefer in Chavetz Chesed when he addresses the question of Rabbeinu Tam regarding, you know, the question of is Rabbeinu Tam a stira to the other Rishonim regarding Bar Metz, where he says the following. He says maybe that din is only when you have a Nachri who offers you. A fear, again, let's say you're selling your house. You're selling it for $900,000. And the Nachri says, okay, I'll give you $900,000. And let's assume that's a fear market value. That's the fear market price. Now, it's very hard to get a real fear market price in real estate and other examples as well. If you ask someone to give you an honest, what is the fear What is the fear What is the value of my house? The real answer is whatever someone's willing to pay for it. So how do you really have a fear market value? That's a good question. But let's assume it's not so complicated as a house, you know, today's real estate market. But let's see, there is a fear market value. The market says this home is worth, this property is worth $900,000. And the Nachri is willing to pay nine hundred. dollars And the Yid comes along and he says, I'll pay you uh, less. So in that case, where the Yid is basically saying, I'm going to underpay, I'm not, I want a discount. Why? Because I'm a Jew. I'm using, 
I'm flashing the Yisrael card to get a discount. So then we say he's potter. But let's say he, Taka would be offering the fair market value. He's offering 900. The guy is off his rockers. He's offering 975. He has big plans. He read a real estate book and now he thinks he knows everything about real estate. He's going to overpay for the house. So then, in that case, perhaps even Rabbi Tom would be mighty that if the Yid is willing to pay fair market value and the guy is just overpaying, so maybe in that case, the Yid would have to take. The, the seller would have to take some loss, maybe not have some rubok. My example is too extreme, but maybe Rabbeinu Tam would be moed in that case. But I want to bring out one insight from this, and we'll get to Halakha in all these cases next week in Rosh Hashem. That is that very often, unfortunately, people see you know, the Shomer Shabbos card as a license to overcharge people, that you should pay more because, because I'm Shomer Shabbos. That I'm the Jew, I'm a Jewish-owned business, and that's why you should pay more versus using the nachri is cheaper down the block. If that's your final price, because that's the market for your boutique store or the like, there's nothing wrong with that. But if someone's doing it and he's saying, because I'm a Shemesh Shabbos, it gives me a license to overcharge, that's wrong, and a person does not have to go and and, and go waste his money to support that business. And it's interesting that the same pasuk that we started the year with in Bahar that says. That that you want to, and the Rashi brought down the Medrash of specifically giving precedence to Amisecha. How does the Pasuk conclude? And that's where we learn the halachas of of overcharging. So even if you're going to tell me there's a din of Amisecha, the Drasha, but don't forget the simple shot of the Pasuk of Al Tainu don't use the Amisecha card, the Shemesh Abbas neon lights, as a license to overcharge or to underpay for things below or above fear market value.